the range of questions and sort of just considering if it goes in too many different directions sometimes people's minds get so scattered because this idea and that idea and then it just gets kind of there's a um, a uh, unhelpful effect so I try to you know try to you know gather things together into one or two points mm. first of all which is a couple of fairly simple well one or two points are quite simple really this one's just about the body scanning any particular order that you should follow where should you start strong continuous sensation at one spot should you still stay around or stay at this one point it doesn't doesn't really matter too much but it's um, I think with you can use body scanning in a number of ways Uh, there's a fairly kind of might say mechanical one where you just start top go to the bottom you just go through in that rather systematic way but I'd probably recommend you first of all just get a a kind of light sense of the whole body, you know, whole body as an entirety, before you go into anything more detailed. Because uh, if we like the body scanning to be more than just a process of of uh, like acquiring detailed information, then we'd like it to be something that also has a responsive quality to it. In other words, at certain areas which feel very sensitive or charged, you you have a particular kind of attention, as this person suggests or inquires, should we linger? And that that is up to you, really, of course, as with all things, but... Generally, so if we have the... But I would suggest, yes, you do, primarily. You do linger. Because, uh, so, but linger in a particular way that's not intense, but depending on what the point of the body feels like or what it needs, you might say. And if we get, first of all, the sense of the entire body, this helps to establish a certain um, structure which could be valuable mm. and two kinds of structure one would be the sense of uh, a, firm, a firm uprightness which you can establish either standing or sitting so that, that remains there as a continual sense mm. so you feel that, that connecting strength through the, through the body through what you're calling your body. Um, This is because that will help to provide a kind of calming, steadying, uh, grounding uh, influence, which may be very helpful if we find parts of our body that are quite um, reactive or, or... start opening up which may be the case and in fact would be quite helpful this is because we're not just moving around like you know something that's just an object we're moving around something that's a subject and so this this body and its felt experience has all kinds of um, you might say felt uh, tensions felt numbs places places that feel quite reactive and one of the themes we might be able to bring around in in body sweeping is to be able to touch into these places 
And very important, you've got a firm reference that you can refer these more affected places to. So as I've mentioned before, and I'll say again, if you're finding you're coming to places in your body, particularly, say, uh, upper body, throat, heart, chest, abdomen, where you feel there and it feels strangely uncomfortable, you might want to linger there and just bring a soft, soothing influence into the body and say, well, well how are you? What's happening here? And that kind of attitude, not probing, not pushing, but not just treating it like you're measuring a, a lump of wood. <laughs> or like you're feeling a pulse, you know, like a healer puts her hand or his hand on something. How is that? So that quality, and that, there's a meta quality just in using a sweeping thing rather like a sense, sensing a pulse if you're a healer. How is that? How is that? How is that? What does this need? You don't know. And you're not supposed to know, but you're supposed to almost have that quality of meta that encourages the body to feel to feel a little more. Oh, you know, I could, I could feel something because sometimes this body in stuck places has a lot of effects of suppression. Sometimes it's just basically physical damage, which always benefits from a bit of being touched with a warm, um, kindly uh, touch with our mind, of course. But also areas that are restricted because of fear or suppressed anger, uh, guilt, things like this. So these things, particularly suppressed emotion, does have a lock, locking effect on the body. And so this sense of, oh, now you know, Rather, you, you can't feel what you're feeling. You shouldn't feel what you're feeling. You're not supposed to feel what you're feeling. The suggestion is, how are you feeling? You know, let yourself feel what you're feeling. And in the body. Because otherwise what will occur <clears throat> is the feeling will come up anyway. It will come up into it, thoughts and stories and and emotions where it's very difficult to really do much useful with it because it's just spinning out and creating stories and creating self and creating other and it gets extremely complex when the body is quite simple which is the benefit just feeling an energy rising in the body it's just an energy rising in the body feeling that you don't even have to name it as anything apart from energy or hot or tight Now, when we, uh, if we have this uh, approach and we find areas that seem to speak a little bit of this, uh, this is quite sensitive or quite charged, then it's good to have, be, have that firm background reference point so you don't just go into the difficult area and get flooded with all kinds of moods and feelings and emotions and energies. And see if you like you're standing, if you like to use an image of standing on your firm place and you're just putting your hand into the into the more active place and you keep don't get pulled into it. And this also creates a kind of link from the active place to the strong place that allows the energy to be held, steadied and received. Otherwise we tend to react. And for generally the the scenario is that difficult feeling, there's an immediate reflex to, to suppress it. Um, so unless there's something there that, that acts as a, a, as a support, you know, you feel something difficult and it cuts out because some immediate reflex is it's overwhelming, so you suppress it. Now this is just, it doesn't mean you necessarily do have these experiences, but people do. So it's good to get that fundamental reference, those two, that to the firm, upright place before you go any further. And establish a mind of 
openness, goodwill, which doesn't mean exactly that you're going to be throwing all kinds of cheer up signals into your body, but you're actually like, oh, how are you? How's me doing? You know, allowing it to be how it is. So it's that acceptance and that attitude which we feel we, we can uh, bring around uh, because when we have a firm place, because we're not really asking to change anything or even understand anything, make anything happen or even release anything. We just want to sense what's happening and let it do what it does. It's a very open kind of inquiry there. Now the other reason why we might start with just a basic sense of here's a body is to to establish uh, another map. We have the anatomical map of our body which we carry. We we think we have shoulder blades and kneecaps and hips. um, That we carry that impression in our minds. Which, yeah, that's a map you can apply. But also, it would be good to have another map, you know, which is of the elements. Somebody's asking about what are these elements. So once again, the element, when we come and experience the body, we experience a certain sense of something that occupies space. You know, there's a space, which you can sense, space around me, and then mm, changes into something more solid. You know, that sense of occupying space, with something that's relatively stable is called the earth element. And this earth element could be, we might think, oh, that's my backbone or my shoulder blade. And that's true in a way. But uh, you have that, but you know, this is called the earth element. Uh, why? Because this earth element it's able to allow it to change. We're able to detect that that even a solid part of the body is often just subtly changing. Bone is the most solid part, but then we also have things like muscle tissue, which is relatively solid, but not anywhere as solid as bone. And you might be able to recognize, oh, this is kind of very rigid, really hard, or then you might detect within that tension. So you notice not just the um, you know the anatomy, but the texture. Texture. So this earth is the texture, the degree of rigidity, the degree of firmness. And this becomes very helpful because some many of the soft tissues you know, its muscle can be relatively soft and relaxed, and then so it can be quite hard. And you know, so you might notice this area feels strangely hard, like hard as in press hard, as intense hard. So you begin to notice this isn't just an abdominal muscle, this is an abdominal muscle with tension in it. So you'll be able to scan, feeling the quality of the elements. Um, also the other elements the fire element degree of heat or, or light it's actually referring to um, energy this energy is also referred to as the adhesive because it tends to um, both the mind gets fascinated by it, it's drawn to it, so it attracts, it hears. And it also uh, runs through the body, uh, you know, in a way that uh, um, pulls it. I mean, it doesn't pull the anatomy, but it pulls the elements. It, if we get a rush of energy, everything follows it. It can, it can lead. So if we get a, as you know, if you're standing up and you get a rush of energy, you feel dizzy, the whole body follows that. And of course these elements do also refer to energies that may happen in the body, which can be quite uh, uh, beautiful, 
and relaxing, but also can be quite vigorous. And so this is the fire element, we're detecting it. It can be fairly subtle. Uh, Here it is and here it isn't. This has gone completely cold and numb. It's strange. Because these elements, all of them, should be evident to some degree throughout the entire body. So whereas bone isn't in everywhere, there's some degree of firmness in, in everywhere in the body, even in the tongue or the eyeball. There's some degree of firmness. Similarly, there should be some degree of, of, of fire in the entire body. Fire is a strong word, but some degree of vitality, like a warming effect that, that glows. So we might notice... Mm, not there. Hmm. What's happening here? Fire's gone out, uh, or we're not sensing it. This generally refers to uh, when an area has gone numb, or, or is, and it may be just numb because obvious physical reasons, or it may become numb because the fire element contained a particular emotional charge that we didn't want, because naturally. These uh, elements also refer to um, psychological qualities. As you know, people can get mind states can get very rigid. <laughs> you know, mind like a rock. You know, she's stubborn, hard-headed. We even use the language of it: hard-headed person, stubborn. You know, so somebody, the mind has really got a lot of earth in it but not much water <laughs> and dry yeah. and of course we can be fiery he, she's really fiery she's all fired up and it could be beautiful she's inspired she's brilliant she's bright you know lovely joyful light or it could be not so joyful she's pretty up angry or flaming or passionate you know heated up so this is where this map of the elements becomes uh, very useful because um, then we, we're mapping the felt experience of mind states right? so clearly a word like anger is a mind state but there's also as I'm suggesting there is a felt resonance in the body in the perception so this has it becomes apparent when you're angry you do feel hot and fire does energy runs through you when you feel frightened you do feel cold like your vitality's gone cold lonely you feel cold and blank and numb um, so these at this level of chitta the embodied chitta the elements really cross over it's good to get a sense of how is this body in terms of the elements? The other elements, air element, which is the sense of something brushing, breathe, breathing through. Breathing is the obvious one. Um, a sense of something that exerts a kind of pressure, pushes through, causes the earth to, to open, um, subside, you know, and it it's flutters around. And we can have mind states that are rather like that. In fact, they could be rather negative effects. The mind is just constantly restless, like the breeze blowing this way, this way, that way, this way, up, down, round, round, round. Too much air. You know, it needs to be held by the earth to just stay there longer. (laughs) And uh, the water element, which is very valuable because it, it, it means everything is cohesive. This means essentially we're able to experience the rippling effect. Um, so if we feel something in our, our chest, you can feel it can ripple and you feel the subtle effects of it traveling down the body or into the throat. And that should be a property of the body. It should be like a lake. Uh, 
not broken up into lumps. If it was broken up into lumps, it means, again, the water element is dysfunctional. There's something blocking it. Okay, so somebody asked about the four elements, so this includes them. There's another one called space, which is the fifth element, very important. And I remember to include that when you do body scanning. It could be the space around your body, particularly the obvious one. So if things seem too intense, you just go into the space around your body and just you know, lift your attention into that. So if you get that, I mean, I've spoken this out in quite a long way, but you could probably spend five minutes just body, upright, steady basis. How is it in general? How is it? There's a lot of earth up in the head, so it seems imbalanced. Are the the elements in, in balance? Are we too fired up? Yeah. These have negative properties and they should ideally be in harmony. Why it's useful to um, cultivate such a, uh, a map is that there's no... You know, they're not pejorative terms. In other words, when we say something like anger, it's immediately feel bad. But if you say something like fire, it doesn't mean bad, it means potentially dangerous, but you approach it rather differently. Where you feel um, something like um, hatred, you know, it could be fire again. Uh, It's very bad, you shouldn't have that. But if you feel it, it's just there's a fiery energy jumping around with spikes on it. You don't feel so, you don't get so reactive to it. So we translate these emotions into elemental properties. It makes it much easier to maintain a steady focus on them and to address them without condemnation or approval. Just phenomena that need something to, in order to find balance. Having said that much, you have to keep learning this. If you don't get it right first time, you have to keep learning it. You know, do it many times till you, you learn it. You learn it. So of course, the uh, almost the default is that we jump in and start. Shouldn't do this. It's going wrong. It shouldn't feel like it's going wrong. Something's wrong here. Try and change it. I'm not getting it right. And all the mind jumps in, scattering around, and then. No, no, no. That's the, you know, you've got to get the thinking mind to step back and keep referring the body to itself. The body in the body, the feeling as a feeling, not feeling about something. Like I'm feeling unhappy about something. Yes, this is unhappiness. Feels like this. And when it's like this, feels like a pressure. Feels like a sinking and so forth, then you can handle it. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm feeling unhappy, I don't feel so good about that, then you've added another feeling to it. <laughs> it makes it more complicated. Well, maybe I'm diverting a bit. So if we go back to sweeping, you can stay, if you're standing, it's probably good to start from the feet up to make sure you get a very good uh, foundation. So you feel really strongly grounded. Um, starting with sitting, you could start from the base of the body up, move up. Or you could do that lightly, and then you could start scanning down from the top of the head, moving down. So if you're draining, you see that, that movement down, the very suggestion of down, trailing down, moving down, has a, dra- has a sense of like a draining effect. I don't mean draining like a, you know, some kind of sewage system, but, but, <laughs> you know, getting the energy to soften and, and descend. So, and so there's a soothing effect. So this is where the, the downward sweep by itself has a certain softening, soothing effect. You may even bring an image 
as I did, of water or mist or oil or something gently flowing down your body. That itself has got a soothing, calming effect, which most people's bodies need. So you might do the descending. If you're standing, make sure you've got the good grounding. You might then work your way up and down. Um, and so it's really up to you. When you come to a place, say you, you know, you're moving up the leg or down the arm, nothing much feels fine, tingly, warm, pulsing. Wow, I didn't realize there's so much in that arm. It's got solidity and warmth, vitality, and sort of energy shifting around. Uh, and it's, you sense it's all connected to the chest and connected to the hand. So you contemplate this experience that we call an arm. And you realize, well, it's many things. Just in one arm, there's many things. In one hand, there's many things. In one finger, you've got a whole universe in a finger when you get down to it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot there. And generally, these areas, like the arms, are generally pretty okay. Uh, but then when you come to the torso, then you might, this is where you might meet more uh, discordant experiences. Feel really tense in my shoulder, feel strangely blocked in my throat, or feel that my heart is opening up, feel this heart quality in the center of my chest is becoming big and expansive. So, you know, the, this is where we are touching into certain emotional or spiritual effects. And so we might want to linger with that. What's this trying to do? Just stay with this. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps it's just enjoy it if it's pleasant. Take the effect in. Feels troubled, linger, what's helpful here. Spread your awareness over the area, connect it to your strong place. You know, keep that general attitude and just see what happens. And see if it's see you get a kind of intuitive hunch of feels like I think it'd be good to stay with this a little longer. Uh, so you develop a certain emotional sensitivity. Very helpful. So there's a few related questions. Working on the stuckness of the solar plexus, well, I think I've more or less suggested it. Uh, and uh, do bear in mind a thing to be keep reminding yourself of if you find an area that seems rather, you know, problematic, and particularly something which seems stuck. You shouldn't have the attitude of going into that with your screwdriver and trying to undo it because uh, this is really inappropriate and intrusive uh, and it will tend to generate more disturbance instead you, you throw a light um, quality over the area and keep widening and softening your attitudes and see this kind of gentle approach to to allow the energy in the stuck area the opportunity to to gradually disperse by connecting the tense area to a loose area. Now there are two kinds of um, stucknesses. One is something like um, Tension, which generally means there's an energy there that wants to release. It's got a lot of energy it wants to release. And, you know, so with such qualities, when you feel it's pent up, then you try to connect to a part of your body that's moving, like breathing in and out. Mm. So that, in a way, is the, the movement is giving it the indication of, you know, you can move, because tension wants to, to move. 
and that may help it. If it's a, another kind of stuck place, is just sheer constriction, gripped, and you may not know the difference between the two. But um, the kind of tension uh, I'm talking about, tension is more like, it's a bit more fire in it. And the, the stuck, the other kind of constriction is just rather cold, like the energy's gone out. And we then, when that's the case, you try to put it near something that's got space, spacious quality, spaciousness. So you might, it might be, you know, if it's um, constriction in your throat, you try to focus inside your throat, open the mouth and open the throat, feel the space inside your throat. Sort of coming perhaps from that topic, mind caught up in negative thoughts, strong anger, fear, momentum of repetitive thoughts is so hard to break or being sucked in. A strong sense of I am right and the mind finds more and more logical and valid points to back up that position. Physical effect is felt but cannot hold the mind's attention for long. It seems only the passage of time weakens this mental clinging, or is there another way? Certainly these things take time. Man, you can approach it from a number of ways, but basically the repetitive cycle of thoughts is the least useful way to keep, because it just keeps going, and uh, it forms a feedback loop where the cycle just keeps repeating itself. You keep repeating the same old scenario again and again and again and it's like you just keep infect, reinfecting the mind with this sanya the sanya of um, I've been treated unfairly I am right I've been treated unfairly I am right that's not right <laughs> and every time you say that you drip another little bit of the resentment and the <laughs> and whatever into into the chitta and if we of course, you may very well be absolutely correct, but it's not going to stop your suffering. You want to be radically approach it in order just to get this thing out of your heart, then it's best to use the body. Do feel it in your body. So an approach, if you find that tricky, approach may be as you as you're hearing these these thoughts, and you feel the the energy of that, the rushing, the fieriness of it, the and just you know, it's whining or screaming. Doesn't just feel that rushing air element, and the fire element, and is there a place? You mustn't get into the topic. Just is there a place, could I stand next to this? Could I be beside it? As if I'm somebody else listening to this. First of all, that's the step, first step. Could I be somebody who listens to this, stands beside it? And here the body will be helpful. Because you don't need to have a very refined degree of awareness of sensations in the body, just the sense of, you know, the very earth element itself. Yeah? So that could be your your first step, and that itself could be useful because then you just let it blow. You don't involve yourself with it one way or another, but you're not ignoring it either, and that may just let the pressure out, and that that's helpful. Uh, but uh, you might do that for a while. Another step is: could I stand beside it like I don't understand the language? You know, it sounds like it's Japanese or Greek or Egyptian. <laughs> so you don't really understand the words, but you feel the energy of it. So you're just shifting a little bit back you know, from whose voice is this, just as if you hear this strange sound, whatever it is. It sounds like you. Imagine it's just somebody's voice 
an alien talking in Martian. Um, so, you, so you just focus really on the power and the energy of it, the air and the fire elements there. Can you be with that? Can you stand still with that? Can you stop meddling with it, fixing it, explaining it? Can you just stand still next to that? And then can you be sympathetic to it? Like this Martian is trying to say something. <laughs> oh, no. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, really? Tell me more. This is a good attitude to have when you start complaining. Please, could you tell me some more? And then you complain some more. Any more? Please, come bring it up. Let me have more. I'm really enjoying this complaining. Bring some more on. So it just helps to change the approach we have to it, changes the energy. Because this approach, tell me more, is com- called compassion. You know, it's this compassion. You don't know what I'm being compassionate because that's just the theory, but the attitude of, oh, more, more, more suffering, please. Could you? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's just such a beautiful response. And some, something the chitta gets that, oh, and it does tell you more. <laughs> but the pressure changes because somebody's listening. Yeah, no, no, I really never get what I want. It goes into a whimper. <laughs> From the pent up fury, it goes to a sort of whimpering moan. <laughs> and it might be the case that, that you can even begin to get a picture who this person is speaking. An image of this, who this person is, who this, what this voice is, who's speaking. It's small, shaking its fist, running around, big and red, or small and crushed. And then you get Karuna. Oh, oh, little, little, little running around creature. Oh, let's find a place for you to sit. Please tell me some more. And then that helps again. Um, to, you know, to change one's response to these phenomena. Be respectful, of course, not being con- condoning or belittling, but respectful. Just, oh, you, know, you really want to listen. You know. and then, who is this? Then after, so when, the, when the tone drops, because you may feel the tone drop from something quite intense, to something slightly softer because it, these, are, these energies are very tiring and you just realize this, this being has had this for the last 15 years she is so tired <laughs> of this I'm so tired of hearing myself complain and then you think the real the compassion strengthens strengthens and you listen some more and you just see this little unloved being who never got a fair deal and you know this isn't and then this compassion gets stronger and that's the compassion quality is the quality that begins to you know melt the um, the indignation So and you can you can you know say doing this in your body, but well not really. But just having that sense of a bodily presence you can stand in. So you're standing beside this tempest rather than just into it, going into it. You may find parts of your body start to light up when the when the energies get strong. You might find parts of your body start to vibrate or even shake a little bit. I've seen people actually just twitch and shake as these um, things occur to them. And say, please, more, you know, that's fine. Uh, 
I never get questions what to do with too much happiness or contentment. <laughs> so nice, like, that sounds so miserable, doesn't it, life? <laughs> but you've survived this far, so you know, you've got a lot going for you. Again, we're talking about psychological factors, the distinction between the commander and the doer aspects of the mind. The commander sets the direction, go conquer that hill. The doer says, yes, sir, and goes to figure out. seems the doer is generally benevolent, but the commander may not be, if driven by ignorance. Sounds like it, yeah. You know, doing is just kind of what happens, really. We, we, we do, we have volition, but the commander is generally uh, a willful quality. And the commander has never been up that hill. <laughs> yeah. So it says, you go and climb the hill. The doer says, well, you climb it. <laughs> the commander is always telling you what to do, but he doesn't do it. And then, if you then the commander turns into the critic, of course, if you didn't really did it well enough. So you want to, you know, really contemplate what the, where and who and what the commander is, the quality, the tonal quality. I talk about this. I use this word tonal qualities, and um, I'm sorry if it's difficult to grasp what this what I'm referring to. But you can hear my voice tone. Uh, and voices particularly carry a lot of tonal quality. Now, that's why it's different from reading a book. It can be warm, humorous, harsh, uh, flat, um, you know, indicting. It can be bitter. And you certainly pick it up in the voice tone. So sometimes if you you don't know what the tone of quality of your thought is, you try saying it, even to yourself, and you, wow, sounds a bit sour, <laughs> or shrill, shrill tone, or could be a soft tone, like, oh, why don't I take a little, you know, take a little rest now, soft tone. Um, if you, so you can hear the tone, and the tone is very important because this is actually what the jitta is fundamentally experiencing. It experiences tonal tones, which is a subtle kind of mental feeling. And the tonal quality of thoughts helps to not be deluded by the intellectual quality of the thought. The intellectual quality of the thought can be quite brilliant, it can be very logical. This is that, and that's that, and that's that, and she's this, and I said that, and it shouldn't be this, and it should be that, and, 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 and we're doing this, and that, and the other. And, and it's convincing because, of course, this is the um, major way in which our lives are directed through rational, logical commands and statements. Um, but um, so you don't really notice the tone is, at, is, is insensitive insensitive it's an insensitive tone it could be a machine um, flat it's flat or it's shrill it's 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 a tone that seems unreceptive whereas a tonality that suggests well I think it'd be a good idea if we got together and did that. You know, that's a lot more, the tonality is a lot more negotiating, isn't it? I think it would be a good idea if we did this. It's a suggestion of let's get together, cooperate. It's a little more encouraging tone. Where you could say, you do that. <laughs> do you get it? The different tone. Although we may in fact be looking for the same result, the approach, the tonality is rather different. And if you, if you do cultivate um, uh, these more subtle aspects of embodiment, 
Um, you'll feel the effects of those tones in your body when you're demanding. Your body becomes more rigid. Uh, and when you're um, dithering, you know, well, well uh, maybe I'll. I uh, think, well, perhaps I could, but you know, maybe I feel need to think about what I'm doing after all. It's a long day. This, that, and the other. Fluffy, woolly tone. <laughs> Doubt. Maybe I should, on the other hand, what's that feel like? Zing, zing, you know, backwards and forwards. You can feel these tones. And particularly, because it becomes very. Um, Helpful when, as we say, cultivate, for example, any meditation, but we take Anapanasati as an example. How do you, what quality of Vitaka Vichara, how do you meditate? What kind of attitude, what tone do you have in it? Uh, and you say, what do you mean? I mean, when you sit, they think, okay, right, let's get down to it. Okay, you've got to do the meditation. Right. Let's do the Anapanasati, let's remember the instruction. It's uh, in long breath in, long breath out. In short breath in, short breath out. And, so, and then the body, breath, part of the place. It's true, but it's a kind of flat, isn't it? There's no encouragement in it. There's no warmth in it. There's no um, how you're feeling in it. It's just instruction. You might as well be reading a book. And so you've got to, well, is it, hmm, how is the breathing now? That's a different tone. It's an open quality of, let me, let me feel it. It's an encouraging, inviting. How is it now? Is it, is it long or short? Hmm. Hmm. And so pausing, lingering. This mental tone is something that um, encourages because it's it's not giving you a command, it's almost inviting. How do you feel? How is the breath now? How are you breathing now? How long is it? That's an encouraging quality that we might uh, uh, benefit from. And then particularly when you're listening to your, when your thoughts are going on and you're saying, stop it, stop it, I shouldn't think like this, I shouldn't think like this, I'm supposed to feel something, where am I going? What's that sound like? Panic. <laughs> And that panic, that tone of panic, then of course you're dropping that onto your chitta. The tones that you affect your, your heart, your chitta. So if you're getting into a real you know, difficult area and you start giving commands and panicking, that's exactly what you're going to... That's the result of it. That's, that's what you'll get. The result of that. Your chitta gets kind of seized up and frenzied so when things are difficult and you know, the important thing is to just let's take our time here a bit difficult right what's the important thing just not to rush and take your time and where's the where's the quality of goodwill when your mind is uh, oh, I've got to go I've got to go I've got to go I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, it's gotta, it's what I gotta, gotta, really gotta, is it this or that or the other? Which I, what, should I do, what should I do first? Is it this one or that one? Maybe it's there. What do I need to do first? And he say, relax. <laughs> <laughs> you pick up the tone, you say, no, well, that, before you do anything, you've got to deal with that. Otherwise, your meditation hasn't even started. Just to continue on that, somebody's mentioning what calms me. Images in the mind such as sunset, feel of breeze on my skin. Can I use these as objects of meditation? Yes, you can. We're doing Anapanasati. So this means you, you, you kind of, what does a sunset mean to you? I mean, it means sunset. But what does it feel like? It feels, you know, softening. Things become from harsh to, to soft sense of you know what the sunset feels like and that can be have a, a nice soothing kind of comforting glow to it um, 
Sunset Britain is, means despair because <laughs> it's another freezing cold night <laughs> coming. But if it's, if it's very pleasant, you know, I imagine here it's rather agreeable. Feel a breeze on my skin, again a light, light touching quality. So these things you can, you can store up, those impressions. You can store up those sannyas. So as you're sitting there and you're getting into some difficult states, just bring up the sunset in your mind, dwell upon that. If you're getting very you know, tense, bring up the breeze. In fact, use your, imagine that breathe, breath is your breeze blowing on the internal skin and it gives it another quality so while this person is doing Anapanasati feels breathing process with thoughts flying around my mind is completely okay with the thoughts should I just continue steering the mind to watch breathing process yep it's not the case necessarily that your thoughts stop but you they're just buzzing around in the background and you can just not give them attention so um, so gradually you know and that's often the uh, stage we go through where it's not as if we've stopped thinking altogether but it's just background noise and blah, 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 blah. it's not really making significant contact which is the important thing contact is the important thing what's contacting you so a little bit of buzz in the background it's not a big deal uh, so rather than go to it and try to get you know sort of uh, clean it out you can end up getting preoccupied with that so just steer your attention back to uh, breathing and you can in fact bring some of those thoughts and stick them onto your breathing you know, breathing like air breathing like water breathing like warmth, light, end of the breath, solid, earth, touching the ground, home. Hindrances? Well, I think we've touched on these, the sense desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and doubt. Could you elaborate on them? I think you know them very well. <laughs> I don't quite understand sloth and torpor. Right? That's because you're in it, that's why. <laughs> These are strange words. It's strange because these translations were established probably, you know, 80 years ago. And they're rather, now the language itself, that's rather old fashioned. You don't ever hear people talking like that. You know, they, people don't use those words anymore. But they've got stuck because that's the, that was the way they translated it in the 1920s or something. Uh, when, when, uh, so it's actually sloth, a strange word, it means um, something like, uh, I would suggest probably better to think of something like um, uh, lethargy. Lethargy, like a sluggish, oh, not really bothered. No, no, no vitality, no zest, no interest. Just bored and only half-hearted in what you're doing. And torpor is stagnant. So think of it as stagnation. You know, like, uh, stagnant, stagnant. So lethargic and stagnant. Um, again, no, no. No vitality, so we might remembering the elements, fire element, no fire element. Fire element can be associated with mental energy, such as inquiry. That's a certain zip, you know, what's happening, what's happening. You light your fire, you get interested. Um, uh, torpor, stagnant. And uh, strange enough, um, why this hindrance could be uh, strong is, well, first of all, most people are just frankly tired when they start their retreat. They've got a backlog of fatigue. Um, but so that's just physiological. It's not really a hindrance in this sense. A hindrance is when 
It's mental, not just physiological. It means the mind doesn't want to bother. And it wants to just bury down and not notice anything. It doesn't want to bother. Yeah. It's got no enthusiasm. And it just wants to bury itself like a pig in the mud, you know, sink down and not notice. And this can be, um, and it can be very convinced, very convincing, but it, it can be almost like a, what we call an avoidance strategy. Let me numb out so I don't have to feel things. I don't have to have contact with anything. Um, you know, uh, because it's too challenging. can be associated with energy shifting certainly we were, we were very busy and, we, and, our, and, it, and then we're, we're talking a lot and reading things and so forth and then suddenly we stop and the energy doesn't know how to connect to anything else because it's been so used to connecting to thinking and doing and, and then you switch off the thinking and doing the energy just collapses so you try to get something simple to energy to hold on to. Now this could be, uh, there are various um, strategies and means for dealing with slow torpor or lethargy and stagnation, if you like. And one of these is you don't want to do anything too subtle. You don't shouldn't try to calm down because that will certainly, you know, finish you off altogether. <laughs> and in fact it's good to not think too much about calming in meditation, that happens by itself. The first thing to establish is clarity, clarity, right reference, clarity, and get your energy to change track, change gear from the busy everyday life to, you know, take an interest in how does this feel? How does this feel? Where's my foot? Where's my back? Where's my chest? Where's my head? Where's my throat? Where's my breath? And just keep poking like that. So, you know, so you get a way of not trying to be too calm, but just purposeful, purposeful. Get rid of that, let go of that, put that aside, come back to that, put that aside, come back to that. Enough of that, come back to that. So quite, you know, vigorous, not in a frantic way, but in a, like you're cleaning house, setting up something. So you're cleaning your workshop. It's not time to calm down, it's time to clean the workshop, set up things. And this may help to, to, you know, that sloth torpor, tinamida, doesn't occur if we've done that. Or it may be that having done something like that, we settle down thinking, oh, now I can calm down, and settle down. Boom, boom, boom. Mind still isn't strong enough. Um, so when we then we try to keep applying yourself to things such as the physical body and Primarily, this is the frame. So, imagining the body like a like a like a skeleton, but a simple skeleton with a spine upright, and then shoulders lateral, hips lateral, and you just sustain that impression, keep it quite firm, and keep coming back to that because what mind will tend to go to softer places and start to collapse. So as if you're stretching your body onto this frame. And the mind may very well spin around or you know, it doesn't want to do it. And you just keep simple, not too difficult. Particularly the lower back, pushing the lower back in. Yeah. You can keep your eyes open, that also helps. Letting light in. And it's amazing how you keep your eyes open and suddenly one's gone and closed. You can't open up. <laughs> And it just again, it's closes again. Stop it! And then your head's gone down. What are you? Your head weighs about three tons, and it's flopping around on your shoulder. Gee, wow! This is like this. This slow torpor is like a, uh, you know, an octopus just dragging you down. And pull it up. And then, okay, and then maybe then you can you could stand. That helps. Stand for a while. And again, that sense of just a simple 
frame, simple frame, and you just sustain it. Because sustaining, sustaining, it means maybe you don't have much energy and your mind's not particularly, can't do a refined focus. So you get a very simple focus and sustain it against this energy that wants to collapse, wants to collapse. Uh, and uh, then you, you could do walking, of course. And the last resort is um, you can stop breathing. When you stop breathing, you certainly wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you do this is you, you fill your chest and then take a long, long, slow breath out. Breathe all the way out and just stop. And you start after a few seconds, maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds, so the body starts to... It's restrained, restrained, don't breathe in until you feel, you know, you, you really got to and then you just let go a little bit so you get a very fine thread coming in and you keep it narrow so it, the body shakes, bring it in until it's finished and then relax. It'll certainly stir your energy up and you can just let that calm down, do it again and let it calm down, do it again, you could do that you know, three or four minutes or so, and then maybe stand and then go back, do it again. And, uh, uh, but you're really indicating to the mind, you know, it's time to get up and, and do, do some work. Feel the effect of slow torpor in your skin, how your head seems to cave in. This kind of soft bag that collapses. Uh, um, so you keep feeling the skin. So you, there's a sense of Dhamma Vijaya keeps helps to keep you awake. It's a very it's a it's particularly um, you know effect, a powerful force in as most of these hindrances are in monasteries because you don't have any outlet for sense gratification and it's not stimulating. So it gets kind of monotonous boring and then you start the day early you don't feel very wakeful and it's four o'clock and oh, here we are again oh, same old thing day in day out and bored oh, of course you're not going to do anything you can't act on your own initiative so you're bored neg- negative and dull and it can be very highly developed matter a monk who was had this problem, and he was living in the Akuti little hut. And he thought, right, okay, set the alarm clock. So he hear the alarm clock, jump up, walk firmly into the into the main house to the monastery, sit meditation, do the chanting, really get hold of this thing. So. So in the morning, here's the alarm clock, right. Switches alarm clock off, gets up, walks into the monastery, into the main meditation hall, sitting there. And he's sitting there and he can hear this sound, which is... <laughs> What's happening? And he realises, oh, I'm still in bed and this is all a dream. <laughs> He actually managed to construct a dream of going to the morning meditation. <laughs> so it gets bad, you know. Another one has to, you know, work with it. But mental energy, a little bit of physical energy, really mental application, uh, initiative, inquiry, and certain persistence of effort helps to, um, you know, overcome this this quality. Because particularly over time, um, the energy becomes much more steady and also subtler. So you can keep the energy going even when you don't have much energy. It's still fairly clear. What you have is fairly clear. You're not feeling full of beans but you're not falling asleep either. It's just a falling asleep either. It's a steady, quiet... You know, and then it's 
So that, as you get more practice with meditation, it means if you're not physically very full of energy, you can still manage and stay awake with a little bit that you have. And the last question, restlessness. Um, so the you know person says they can't really get the tone of it. Well, once you say restless, that seems to be describing the tone of it. It's moving around. Um, from this to that, to this to that, to this to that, to this to that. That's, that's the energy. That's the quality. And restlessness, again, is, is pretty standard experience because, uh, again, the stimulation of modern life whereby fundamentally people's attention span is less than 10 seconds, sometimes less than 2 seconds. It's that watching a screen, things are just flashing past driving traffic, things are flashing past, so things are moving so fast, your attention is just always and then now nothing's flashing past, just sitting there. So the mind gets, once, once the, it gets used to that process of, you know, following something that's flashing around, so the mind starts flashing around, <laughs> and so then it can pick up particular topics to start getting restless with. And we just have to keep, again, un, unfasten the mind from the topic of our restlessness. And, uh, you know, return to inve- using it to investigate the body. Here's the toe, here's the foot. So you can, in a way, harness um, so something where, where your meditation does allow you to move quite fast. So you might sense the sensations in your fingertips, each finger at a time, in the palm of the hand. So you you connect this energy to something that's more purposeful, and you can begin to gradually slow it down. Inquiry. So it touches, and then we wichara. What's that? Don't move on yet. You know, touch it, and then what's that? What's that feel like? There's a thumb. There's a finger. There's the middle joint. There's a tip. No? What's that? Is that? There's the index finger. So you keep that energy relevant and add, ask that it doesn't just touch and run on, but touches and knows what's happening. So it touches and you lengthen the vichara. That is the ability to receive an impression, investigate an impression. And that's, that's the quality that slows it down. And uh, that's the quality that's often lost in modern life. The people minds are jumping on so fast they don't even know what they're feeling. Because the mind never stays there long enough to, to get it. It's on to the next thing. So you, you try to lengthen the receptivity of, of simple physical sensations, your, your awareness of simple physical sensations. And you can run it around your body and just keep increasing a little bit at a time this vichara receiving, exploring how is this, getting the feeling of it and that will certainly help the mind to feel a bit more grounded okay that's enough for tonight <laughs>